Hey, welcome to another episode of Afikra Movie Night. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today our special guest is Basil Ghandour, the writer and director of the Jordanian film El Hara, otherwise known as The Alleys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you'd like to listen to it on YouTube, go over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, leave us a like. And as always, if you'd like to connect and attend these events live, go over to afikra.com slash join. Welcome everyone to another live taping of Afikra Movie Night. My name is Mikey Mhenna and our very special guest is Basil Ghandour, the film director and writer of The Alleys, El Hara. Um, Basil has worked on many, many movies, has a quite a long um, uh, bio as award-winning, and it is a huge uh, honor to have him join us. Basil, welcome to Africa Movie Night. Thank you, Mikey. So let's just start um, biographically. Okay. If I was friends with you when we were 10 years old, <laughs> how much did you like films? Like, how much did you care about movies at the age of 10? Um, that's a tough question. Uh, I can't, uh, I, have a, I have a terrible memory, so let me, I'll try and, and go back. That yeah, point. think about it. When you were a kid, were you like a, a movie nerd? Yeah, I'm thinking of, of the films I used to love, and, and one in particular um, sticks out, or two right now, is, is The Land Before Time and uh, Space Jam. And yeah. I think that's 10 years old. I don't know 10 years old, but, you know, um, it feels like uh, um, those two are definitely on the... You asked me later about, you know, what was my... Um, one of the re- rewatchables. And these two were definitely, when I was a kid, you know, uh, played at least 30, 50 yeah. times each. Yeah. So... Where did... For those who are unfamiliar with your work... Um, where did you grow up? What films were you exposed to? So, and sort of I, what stories were you exposed to growing up? Right. I grew up in Amman. And uh, Amman in, you know, the late 90s, early uh, uh, early 2000s was still quite, uh, you know, I don't know if, if, if it would import much of uh, um, the, let's say, either independent films of the region, if there were, you know, the, the very few that were, um, uh, or or other art of, of that for that matter. So I grew up watching, you know, the NBC films, the the, the Hollywood blockbusters, and, and it definitely informed my uh, filmmaking. Um, my tastes has have you know evolved since, and and I've started to, uh, you know, being in the film industry, get exposed to all sorts of arts. But you know, essentially, the beginnings were very much Hollywood blockbuster on you know tv type of thing you know? yeah when did you start taking when did you start thinking to yourself i think i want to get into film i think i want to get into movies like i think i think that that's what i want to do you know how did you go from space jam to saying i want to get involved <laughs> in movies uh this might be funny um but i actually you know like like many kids of that generation i used to love wrestling right and i think um the first thing that i ever did that was remotely uh film related was i got this device i have no idea what it is you can't ask me you know something that if you stuck a vhs in it you could convert it into some sort of software and, and it plays a video on your computer and at the time that was like you know, mind mind blowing. And so I take these wrestling videos and I do between myself and I just promos for it, you know, build up, lead up. How does, you know, 
you know, like teasers, the way the, they still do that now. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, of course. But uh, there are little vignettes. They're like entire stories and doing it. So, so it was my, you know, that dabbling with the editing machine was potentially the first thing I ever did. And then, you know, I think once, uh, 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 yeah, a few years later, I think uh, after graduating, my friend Hamad Majali and I, you know, started tinkering and I started putting, we started putting friends in small, short films and making just uh, whatever we could think of, you know, whatever made sense at the time, which doesn't make any sense. And, um, you know, I won't say my friend's names because they, you know, grew up to be lawyers and doctors and whatnot and I wouldn't want to embarrass them, but um, those were the early days. So, um, the most important question is who was, who was your wrestler? Were you like an undertaker guy? Triple H. I love Triple H. I love the rock. I, I, uh, degeneration X, I think it was a nice, you know, the, the camaraderie there was something. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, what's interesting, this is this is the African movie night, so we're focusing on one film and what we're going to be focusing on, Hada, uh, the alleys. But um, let's talk a little bit about your sort of entryway, um, which was you were involved with Thebe. You played a really big role in uh, bringing Thebe to the screen, um, which is a really noteworthy film. What was that process like? Um, Thebe was really a, a labor of love from, you know, everyone involved. Uh, this was, you know, we started, um, developing it in 2011, 2012. Um, uh, and, um, essentially Naji and I, I, I'd written a short script that was, uh, uh, you know, I had this, I had just graduated and I wanted to take the concept of the, the Western and, and, you know, I thought the Bedouin stories were quite related thematically. Those worlds have a, you know, a lot of overlap. And um, so I started having this conversation with Naji, Naji, who uh, directed the even we co-wrote it together. And, you know, that eventually those conversations turned into, okay, you know, why don't we turn this into a feature film? Must be easy. You know, we'll go down to the desert, take whatever camera. This is easy. This is going to be a piece of cake. Um, but it, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was, what it was is a great learning experience. And um, we ended up spending a year in, in, in the desert in Wadiram developing that. Uh, at first it was Naji Rupert, uh, Rupert who also produced it uh, with me and, and he edited it. And it was us three at the beginning and that sort of grew and evolved into the whole crew. And it was about working with the local community there Um getting them to buy into this idea that we're actually going to make a film. This isn't just three people who've come to, you know, live among you for no reason. Um, And uh, essentially there were two tracks to really make um, it work uh, creatively. Uh, The first was to, you know, immerse ourselves in that world and do all of the research possible to make sure that this is as authentic and as true and, and had all the, you know, flavor and tone of something that's real and from that world. And, you know, that was very much a a co-creation process with the Bedouins of of Wadiram. And uh, the other was doing the acting workshops because all of the acting, uh, all of the actors in in the film are non-actors, meaning they're not professional. Um, They're all from the area, they're all Bedouin. And it was really important for us to work with actual Bedouin because it's, 
uh, again, it gives a layer of authenticity from, you know, the way they interact with the desert, with each other, with, you know, everything from riding camels with the rifles and, and you know, that, that authenticity was essential. So that year of development was really uh, crucial between the acting workshops and the research and, and you know, the goal yeah. was to create the film at the end. We had no ideas or, or illusions about where the film was going to go or festivals and awards. Yeah. We knew nothing of that world. And so it was all a nice bonus in the end. But um, yeah. It's interesting. So the, the two, I mean, uh, Hada is for sure about Jordan, right? It's about Ahmed. It's, um, and Thieve is also, you know, the, the desert plays this main, this main character. Um, do you feel like your films are, I mean, it sounds really corny, but are you inspired? Are you inspired by, by Jordan? Is, is it your, is it your sort um, of professional and sort of creative muse or are you like, no, this, this is what I know. And this is what I'm trying to figure out. And yeah. I'm working with the ingredients I have. I think it's, it's a, it's a mixture of, of several things. One is I, I feel like I know now, I didn't know at the time, um, is, is what I'm attracted to most in film and in filmmaking, both in making the film and in, in, in my watching film experience is being transported into another world. And um, in looking for a story as one does when you, know, you graduate from uh, film school, it, um, the world of the Bedouin and the world of the desert was definitely something that I was uh, curious about and wanted to take a deep dive into. And um, that's as far as the making experience and the the, the um, cinema experiences you want to give that experience to audiences and who, who are watching it. Hara is the same thing for me. Hara is uh, the world of the neighborhood is um, definitely something that attracts me. Uh, you know, it's a beehive of life. It's it's pulsing. It's claustrophobic. It's um you know and it's you know you say i'm man and jordan but i think this is something that exists in the arab world uh, 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 uh you know everywhere in the arab world and again uh, you know it is something that i wanted to explore and, and dive into um as far as the filmmaking experience and then also something that i wanted to put up on the screen for audiences too so it's so that is and will continue to be, I think, my uh, creative motivation. Um, yeah. Whether it's Jordan or or elsewhere, so it's just you know, it's just um, what attracted me to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, before we get into the films, um, I want to ask you about the moment you decided to go to film school. Okay. Was there, was it sort of the pot boiling for a while? And like, I think I want to do it. I'm not sure. I think I want to do it. I'm not sure. I think I want to do it. Not sure. Or was there a, a moment um, where you knew this is, this is the world I'm going into for sure. I'm making this a career. No, um, it, it was more a, uh, I was studying engineering um, for two years and, you know, it was more of a, I was, completely convinced that this was what I wanted to do. And it was a, more about the dialogue with my parents and making sure that they were comfortable with me making that leap. Um, you know, obviously a lot more layers to that than that simplification, but, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I feel like I knew, uh, I wanted to get into film very early. 
Um, yeah, it was at the time. So I, I was studying engineering 2004, 2006. And when I eventually went to film school, it was 2007. There wasn't much happening in the Middle East uh, as far as film. You know, you get the odd film here or there. And, you know, obviously no streamers existed at the time. And, and yeah. you know, the only film we could all talk about was potentially West Beirut, you know, um, as far yeah. as pseudo-contemporary at the time. And well, at that, I mean, at that point, like Nadine Lebeke and like some people had started to figure started. out. Just yeah, started. Just started. Ugh. Um, and so it was, uh, which you know, luckily enough, it as uh, you know, while I was making this decision, things were starting to happen. So there was, Ugh, it, right. it wasn't like an island of uh, uh, it wouldn't have been just me, and um, in many ways. Uh, it was great because, you know, now a few years later, there are many filmmakers and there are many films coming out of the Arab world and many more to come. And it feels like um, we were there at the, you know, the beginning. At the jump. As, yeah. Yeah, as things were, uh, Jordan is interesting because um, it, it serves as a location for either Iraq war films, Afghanistan war films, or Mars and space yeah, or yeah, yeah like a dune Marshall and, and 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 the hurt locker so what ended up happening was um our local crew ended up becoming incredibly talented and and getting all this experience on these huge films and um yeah i think that that gave at least specifically for where i was uh, having grown up in jordan um gave me a, a place to, to experience what it was like to be on a film set for the first time and yeah. see how that worked on a large scale when it wasn't just me and a group of friends messing about. Yeah. What's cool about your, what's cool about your films um, and you've alluded to this is that they deal with genre, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's almost like we've never spoken about this, so I don't know, but I feel like you come to the the room um with a few sketches from other films or uh, a through a few archetypes from other genres from specific genres that you're like i am painting this painting with these colors for sure i'm coming at it with these colors is that true as far as first steps it's it's a good it's a good place to thinking or, or you know yes yeah. it's partially true because it's a place to start Eventually, yeah. the film, um, you know, starts to tell you where it wants to go in the in the writing process. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like you mentioned, like Thebe is a Western. Um, absolutely, I mean, it's a starting. Alleys, yes, is a starting point. The alleys, that had a, it has. I'll tell you the 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 things that I feel like were bouncing around in your head, and I might be off on all of them, That's but I'm really curious. I'm going to ask you, but before right. I do, um, <laughs> let's let's play the the trailer for those okay. people who don't know. This trailer is online. It came out. It's a film that came out in 2021. It's uh, quite new. So, um, and it was entirely shot in Jordan with, uh, I believe, with Jordanian actors entirely. Um, although Jordan is a diverse place, so there's. Uh, that doesn't always, that's not always true. Local actors, I should say. Um, and let's listen. Behind that video, Medea is shot up from the earth. Hello. 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 
بيكملش يومهم الا بقصه جديده يعلكوها والله بيقولوا بنعلموا ناس المخفي اكثر من مكشوف في شيء تاني مخبي عليه بتعرف شغله؟ ما بديش ضلنا عايش بالحاره هاي Great. Before we get into some of the inspiration, when did this uh, when did this uh, idea come to you? The sort of the, the broad brush strokes of um, stroke. Um, I think again, it, it goes back to this idea that I was curious about a world, uh, both personally and curious to put it up on screen, which is that of, of uh, you know the neighborhood and 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 this um, uh, idea that. Uh, It's it's sort of like a extended family, and and everybody there knows everybody, and and like a family, there's you know a lot of love, but also a lot of tension and a lot of uh, um, expectation, or yeah, uh, yeah. So that that's I think if you want to go to the beginnings, that's that life, that world is is as a whole world uh, um, is what attracted me. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you the first the first uh, inspiration and. Uh, maybe we can do this as a, a little gimmick. You can keep on telling me if yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the opening scene of the film. Okay. For me, screams do the right thing. Okay. <laughs> I love do the right and, thing. I, I didn't think of uh, do the right thing in doing the opening scene. I'll tell you where do the right thing was an influence. I, it wasn't in the yeah. opening scene, but it was an influence. Okay. Uh, That's what I thought. For me, what I love about do the right thing is these grand characters. Everybody's a bit... Large, uh, bigger than life. Uh, For sure. You look at the wardrobe; everything's a bit theatrical, mm -hmm. um, and that's where uh, "Do the Right Thing." Um, I, I definitely. I'll tell you other things. I love how "Do the Right Thing" starts with the this, and it connects all of the characters with this idea that oh, it's so hot here, and everybody's boiling, and the temperature is extremely, and that instantly connected everybody in that story because everybody was suffering from this heat wave. Correct. Um, I don't know if I used anything like that, uh, uh, but it was definitely something I was I was looking at. Um, you did you did use something like that, and right. I'll tell you what it was. It was the surveillance. Okay. Okay. Yes. The surve the 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 idea that at anyone somebody at any point somebody could be watching you quite literally air your mm -hmm. dirty laundry, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and could could capture you and could see you and you, that you are never free from surveillance. Um, I, I feel like you effectively use that same device as a Spike Lee doesn't yeah. do the right thing of like, it is so damn hot. Right. So that, I mean, thematically that's, that's part of what attracted me to the story, I think. And also yeah. this idea that everybody, because of what you say, because you're under surveillance and because your, you know, society is, is keeping tabs on what everybody's doing. You ended up you end up having to develop a social mask. And I think that's for me is is what I wanted to explore in this film. It's a genre film and, and all of that, but you know, at least for me, um, looking at each of these characters and, and this this idea that they have to put on a certain mask in front of society and the conflict between 
the mask you put on and, and the uh, um uh and your inner self you know however whatever that is um and how that creates tension and and and, and whatnot um that to me was interesting yeah that's what that's part of the thing it's one of the things that sort of because of what you say it's it's sort of, yeah <laughs> it's both external and internal yeah the opening scene do you, do you know what scene i'm thinking of I am not, right? no, I don't. I'm okay, kidding. it's the scene where Ali is in bed with uh, Lana. Okay. And they're, no, and they're sort of like waking up together. Okay. And it's the, it's okay. the same vibe as Spike Lee waking up in, in the bed with, um, right. what's her name? Right. Yes. And then, and then he has to like cl- uh, sneak out the window. Anyway, it has this very similar. Um, <laughs> uh, similar yeah, I see it now. I do see it. I do see that. Okay, second film, and I'm very curious if you if you grew up loving this film is Get Shorty. Uh, I grew up. Yes, I, I I used. It wasn't a reference. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'll be honest. Yeah. But, um, Get Shorty is is a is a. It's definitely in the ballpark of the genre and tone that I love. Yeah. So I feel like so this scene, this exact shot, for me. <laughs> screams like uh screams pulp fiction and and get shorty okay okay and the reason why that uh, just bear, <laughs> bear with i'm me. with you no no i'm just i think i think it's all stuff look a lot of what you're saying is is some yeah. probably very very strong subconscious influence right it's it's not yeah. like i took the film and and we you know sat with oh yeah or, or the writer or or or, or uh, sorry, collaborators, and and I said this is what we uh, you know this is what we're looking at. But ha- do they influence me? Uh, did they influence me generally? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. What I love about this shot, and this uh, for those listening to the podcast, this is a uh, a shot that where the um, the uh, the mother of the main female character who ends up becoming one of the central characters is, um, you know, stone cold face, dead center in the frame. Um, and it is a hilarious moment. It's a really funny comedic moment. And you use comedy really, really effectively in these moments of tension to sort of almost show how confused everyone, every character (laughs) is in the, in the film and how, how it's, you use absurdity very effectively. And that's something that Tarantino does very well. And that's something that uh, I forget who the filmmaker is, get shorty, but it's part of the genre, right. To, to, to like, definitely. I think dark, dark comedy for me is, is it's something that, well, it was one of the things that I, you know, would it translate to, you know, Arabic language? I think um, conceptually, what attracted me was also um, uh, uh, with that is it's definitely something that exists in our world. There's a lot of dark comedy in our world. And the question is, you know, we haven't really seen it on in cinema so much. And, and that's what I wanted to yeah. for. In that specific moment, um, you know, the, the, I have to give credit. You can't see it in this photo, but the next in two shots, the, the, when you pan and you reveal Abbas's mother, the gangster's mother, holding the 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 guns. I have to say that's my wife's work, and and that that um, that always gets a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very very effective, especially because it's like al-hajj, min al-hajj, al-hajj, min al-hajj, and then you see her face, you're like, oh, that hajj. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Having fun with it. It's it's but again, it's you know, you're doing research. You want it to be authentic, but you have to have fun with it, and it becomes this this 
this mix of both the research that one does and and the authenticity that you know you look for and 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 the, the genre stuff. I, I'll tell you something too. In writing, I uh, the first couple of drafts, I tried to maintain the authenticity that we had with Deep. Like tried to keep it like super authentic, super, and yeah. I, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. And I needed to allow myself to make this genre, to make this, to have fun with yeah, it, yeah. Uh, for it to click. And, and that, that's allow it. for the absurdity to sort of allow for the absurdity that exists bloom. very yeah. much in, in our world, uh, uh, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, like, just functionally, how do you sketch out a story like this? Because there are so many. It's like wrestling, right? Like going back to wrestling, there are so many heel turns. There are so many twists and turns and um, com- somebody coming off the top rope, like where does this come from? Where is and, it from? Um, and my question is functionally, did you write it like with all these ca- casts of characters in line or did it sort of un- un- uh, unravel chapter by chapter the way it does on screen? So um, first, I regret ever mentioning the wrestling because I think, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but second, functionally, and and you know how the story evolved is, you know, I was a couple drafts in. First few drafts did have the weaving and, and the twisting and the turning, but um, not as uh, not as much as the last draft. And once I had a grasp of you know, each of the characters. And once I had the grasp of who they were, you know, inside and what was the, you know, mask they wore in society and what is it that they lose and what, you know, once that I had a a grasp of that, um, uh, functionally, I, I just, the way, because of the claustrophobic, you know, world of the story, um, it, it, it was something that, I kept seeing and exploring how these stories domino off one another. And, and, you know, there was, there was obviously it's a type of film that you need to outline because it's, it's not something that you can do from a page one. Right. Yeah. But, um, uh, but functionally there was, I mean, to be quick about it is, is technique is, is it's a very much a card technique where you make sure each character has a complete arc. The story is, uh, um, serves themselves individually but they do domino off one another and these characters do domino off one another and that is the nature of life in such a, a claustrophobic type place and, and yeah and, you know um yeah it's so so there was yeah. a lot of outlining involved and and but the outlining is liberating because then you can have fun within the scenes themselves and in the in the genre i mean we mentioned pop fiction get shorty are there other films in that in that subgenre that you're like, I love them, whether I re- reference them or not, but yeah, this is like the, these are the masterpieces of this genre. Of the genre. I think um, for me, a, a, both a reference and a masterpiece of the genre is, is uh, definitely Fargo. Um, yeah. The film That's, yeah, I get it. And, and, you know, I was waiting to see if you're going to get that one, but that for me is, is, you know, by far the, the yeah, this is actually, you're right. This is very much a Cohen shot. <laughs> exactly yeah the other two i'd say that um i was wondering if you were gonna guess uh but maybe less uh, uh um well one less clearly but I, bong joon ho's films and um you know everything from the host to memories of murder although you know it's not structurally the same but i do like the the dark comedy of those films very much and and 
I I think as far as the the tonal balance between tension and humor, that's what I tried to to borrow from. And, you know, hopefully yeah. it worked. Um, the other being City of God, not necessarily for anything specific, but just to look at um, looking at a, a a space, a world with, that's inhabited by a lot of characters. One thing I think you effectively did and. Um, I'm not sure if it was intentional from the jump. Obviously, everything is intentional at the end of the day, but if it was conceived, is the temperature of the scenes. Um, huh. There is like the, the tonal language of different sets are really different. And it feels, you know, like absurd and comic book like. Um, the salon feels really different than the nightclub. The, the sort of green, green and blue hues of a specific place feel really, really different than the like warm reds. Um, and it's like very much um, exaggerated. Um, Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, we we as far as well, that comes mainly from the production design, um, and you know those were long conversations that we had. Uh, production designers uh, Randa Abdinur and Anas Balawi did did an amazing job um, in 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 what well, what we did. What we set out to do something that was uh, like you said, a little more grand, a little more. You know, we weren't going for a hundred percent realistic. We wanted the realistic flavor, but we we did want it to be stylized, and that meant that, and and that meant a couple of things, which you know, you talk about is each of these worlds that exist in the neighborhood that outside is they're connected, but each of these are little pods and, and worlds uh, uh, that are, that exist uh, uh, within this. And, and I th- thought that was a nice thing to do with the production design. We did, we did, you know, the whole slightly theatrical thing, which is slightly grand, slightly more dramatic than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, filming it was because we did film, we filmed in what, you know, you call blocks. So we did all of the gangster but this is because, you know, logistically you have the actors at particular dates and, and you want to shoot out locations uh, yeah. um, separately. But, you know, beyond that, we shot all of the gangster stuff first. So by the end of the, ten, you know, I, don't, I can't remember, eighth day or something, we're like, what, you know, what is this film that we're filming? You know, we didn't, <laughs> this, is, this is a gangster flick through and through. And then we yeah. spent you know, another week or something at the at the salon in in Asilan Lanaza. I'm like, oh my god, what what did we do? We're, are we shooting? We're making Caramel Part Two. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is a, this is a melodrama. What are we What are we doing? I have no idea. And then only once the rest of the pieces started to come together, we shot Ali's house, and then obviously the rest of the neighborhood, the hotel, and so on and so forth. And then that the 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 palette. Um, yeah. Grew. It's a it's a huge cast. How many? I mean, how many named characters are there? Like. There are these there are a lot. There's like 25 or 30. Um I don't know. 13 that I consider main-ish, main-esque. That have so 13 have arcs. I, well, I, I I don't know if they have arcs, but they're influenced or they influence the story in a very meaningful way at some point or another, I think. Um most so have. let me let but, me ask you a question just to understand how who is counted a, among that 13 like Ali's father 100 percent. would he okay he's yeah grandfather sorry excuse me yeah he's 100 percent. he's yeah yeah he's he's definitely an important part of the story and um uh i think it might be more i don't know i don't know where i'm pulling this number 13 from but i remember looking at it (laughs) and thinking okay this is like sort of where maybe you know yeah 
um, that was a long process of casting. You know, the main the main cast we cast, but we literally auditioned anybody with half a line in this film just to make sure that it's all a hundred percent. You know, the, the yeah. process was 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 a long one, and and we need you need know, you need to make sure that as much as you can, you can control every element. There's a how many crew and part of the cast, I think. From finishing writing to to wrapping shooting, mm-hmm. what what is that process like? Like you you press save on your thing and you're like, "Halas, this is a working draft. This is good. We're <laughs> making this film." So I I I remember it was it was because uh, you know I I had other drafts that were that I instantly knew that okay, this is going to be another draft. But when yeah. I lo- wrote the last one, I thought, okay, this is this is it for for this film and that was january uh 2019 that was january 2019 and i sent it around to a few uh, you know people that i trust and then you know once the the first initial reactions were positive i'm like okay so let's let's start getting into development and and see where that goes we ended up filming in october we had some some funding from before but in um the I'm going to talk just the creative part of things. So what that looks like, essentially, the thing that took the most time was the casting. We started from that January all the way to October. We even did a, a acting workshop at some point that um, we were hoping to do some non-actors. Um, and we did we did have a few who who came out of the the workshop that we did and, and you know had bit parts with us. For example, the uh, uh, the bellboy at the hotel um, who. Hmm. He's a you know he plays an influence. My favorite of all of these are uh, is is uh, um, so you know I we're going around different neighborhoods and we're doing these sort of pop up acting you know I don't know what, I don't know what you call it just I was giving scenes or working with yeah uh, various neighborhoods really just trying to find a few faces here and there to, to put into the film and. The person going around with me was uh, uh, Hazm Alayyan. Hazm Alayyan was our location manager. And, you know, what I found was when I was doing the scene, Hazm would be the guy that I'd be turning to and be like, oh, well, Hazm's pretty good. Pretty good. And then eventually <laughs> Hazm became the uh, the bartender with the glasses in, in the film, who I thought, you know, he, he nailed that part. He's, he's really good in it. He has a very, he's very effective. 100%. If I knew earlier, I'd have wrote a bigger part for him. But... Uh, I think he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, find. <laughs> and how I'm curious, who did you, what part did you think to yourself? Cause with an expansive cast like this, mm-hmm. um, what part did you think, Oh, we can't screw this part up. This part needs to be right. Listen, uh, it's, it's there's, well, I think, I think technically, um, there are a few stunt, areas and 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 violent bits in the film that that really for me it's 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 always a peeve of mine when these scenes don't work and and um uh, i don't want to talk about them because they're spoilers but there are you know those like the staircase i'll just say the staircase the staircase or or there's a part involving a knife and and those those you know the worry there is is you know you prepare as much as you can and you hope for the best on set and and yeah the worry is that if it doesn't work, you know, the audience sort of gets out of the, you know, sort of 
anyway, but the other thing is, as far as the part of the reason we we, we auditioned and we cast so many uh, bit parts and we just made sure is because um, really the attention to detail is is is, is crucial. You know, you know, whether you you know whether people like the film or not, it's 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 um, uh, you know every, every detail was. Uh, attempt you know we, we tried to think through every bit of it and and make sure yeah. that it would and you plan and that's why it takes so long that's why you know the 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 the, the development process between uh, is the development is the wrong word but the let's call it the pre-production the pre-pre-production bit is 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 crucial so that you make sure that all of this is as thought out as possible yeah who do you like with a film like this who do you most hope likes it? But you rap, you rap it, right? Right. Who are you most nervous to show it to? Um, most nervous to show it to is is was um, the the uh, the the folks in Jabal and Nalif who worked with us so tirely to make the film come to life. Um, so when we had our Jordanian premiere. We invited, you know, at least the ones who could make it. Most of them came out and saw the film, and I think they were all. Uh, who, who are you talking about? You're talking about the cast and crew. This is crew. This is mostly crew. Some people. Oh, okay. There are bit, some bit parts too, but but mainly, I mean, people in the neighborhood who that we filmed in that I did research in. I, you know, yeah. research was done with a friend Mahmoud Abu Farha, who eventually became an associate producer on the film. So, him and everybody who helped. Um, make the film happen from the neighborhood itself you know, so for for the people who don't know Amman very well what part of Amman is it and like so what this, you know is this a working a working class neighborhood is it lower lower income neighborhood yeah describe a little bit yeah i mean it's uh, so it's east amman people who don't know amman west amman is the affluent part east amman is the uh, uh you know less affluent and the line is quite um between the two parts is sadly quite uh um, you know, it's, it's very clear. And uh, a lot of people who live in West Amman have no idea, you know, they never venture into the East and, and they have no idea what, what that world is like. So um, this is one of the neighborhoods there, Jabal Nadif, um, is where we specifically filmed. Uh, the story isn't necessarily set there, but, you know, we, we filmed there and it was, um, that's uh, the folks of, those, of that neighborhood are the people who helped us out. And, and that's who I mean. Yeah. I can't remember if at the beginning of the, I don't think it does. Um, it never says Amman. No. Yeah. And which I assume is quite um, intentional because you want it to feel like this could be Tunis, this could be Cairo, this could be yeah. Damascus, this could be Sicily. Right. So, I, yeah, it could be. The story could be. And, and that's why I, I think, you know, you be as specific as you can to the area you are in. Um, and uh, it's not like we're not saying this is Amman, you know, this is definitely yeah. Amman. But um, it's it's also to just, um, again, make you, you know, this is a story that's once you enter that world, that's where you are. It doesn't, you know, doesn't, you can give it a name or you don't have to give it a name. It's, it's not, um, I don't know that it's important. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, I'm going to spoil something. So anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled, you can skip like five minutes. Um, I want to talk about the decision to have a, un, um, a, um, unreliable narrator. Okay. And 
which is a really, really effective mechanism. And at like around like two thirds of the, into the third act, you're like, wait a second. Oh, this is a person. Um, <laughs> did you always know that that was, uh, that that was going to yeah. be a device you were going to use? So I hope nobody here is, uh, who hasn't seen the film is listening, but <laughs> did I always know? No, I didn't always know, but, um, yeah. I'll tell you where that the narrator came from. The narrator initially came from this idea that when I was going through the neighborhood and when we were doing, um, you know, spending these days and it's just that every time we'd walk past someone or something and, you know, Mahmoud would pull me aside and who I, you know, developed the story with and, and he was helping me research, pull me aside and be like, Basil, you know, this guy is this, 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 this person's that, 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 this, 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 that, that, that. Obviously some of it lies, some of it um, exaggeration, some of it, you know, some of it true, I'm sure. Um, but I love this idea that I was getting this, this, you know, these little secrets that, that are going on in the neighborhood. And I wanted to give the audience that same feeling. Um, there's this stigma about uh, narrators and, and, you know, it being a cheesy device or thing. I think for me, any of these, any cinematic tool is a tool and it's how you use it. Um, I don't think that um, it's how you use it. So anyway, that is the, the inception of that idea is I wanted to give the audience. Yeah the the this this uh the same experience that i had um as i was writing this um idea that i wanted to connect the narrator to some it, it's because it's sort of okay again this is a i hope nobody who's not seen the film is listening at this point but um it's sort of a double review it's it's a reveal that it is this one character in the film, but it's also a reveal that this character is also the narrator. So it's it's it it happens um, simultaneously that gives you a double thing. And and the third thing being you mentioned that it's unreliable. And the reason this this narrator is unreliable is just because of what I was saying is in this world things are exaggerated, things are all of the flashbacks yeah. the narrator talks about. I think, you know, they could be true, they could be stuff of myth and legend. Who knows? Doesn't yeah, matter. which is the first, which is the first line in the whole film. Exactly. The first line in the whole film is, uh, believe half the things you hear and two-thirds of the things two that you see. Two-thirds of what you see. Because it's, it's yeah. Um, which, yeah. So, so exactly. And then I guess the fourth layer of it for me is that there's this voyeur who's taking us through, but we we uh, the audience is also the you know there's a layer of voyeurism there that you're taking them yeah. through the world and taking them behind closed doors to see, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Okay, so let's um, get into um, the some of your favorite films. Um, but actually, mm. before you do, let me ask you one last question. Yeah. Um, have you been you know, what has uh, the reaction been in Jordan? I mean, you, you, you set us up, you said that you, you screened it in the same uh, neighborhood. Um, what has sort of the reaction been? We, we screened it in the cinema, but we invited uh, the, the, the neighborhood. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. premiere was great. Um, honestly, we had, we had some, some good screenings at festivals. You have to do festivals because, you know, that's how you get sales and that's how you build world of mouth on the festival circuit and whatnot. But um the screening in Jordan was was quite special because, you know, whenever you screen it, uh, 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 whenever we screened it outside, it's some of the nuances and some of the subtleties and some of the language things don't quite hit and they don't quite land just because it's, you know, it's just 
the nature of watching foreign films for you know whoever the viewer yeah. and whatever foreign is to them and um so that's what made it a special for me um seeing it with uh uh levantian audience you know whether jordanian palestinian lebanese or you know anybody from you know in the, that region will will just catch a little more of and the neighborhood yeah. will catch there were even you know some gusek that i that i laid for so what do you, i think that's what you call them mm-hmm. easter eggs yeah easter eggs yeah or um you know various people yeah cool um so let's go through some of the we like to play this game of some of the films of note and so we say this these questions beforehand so the first one is um what are some films that are overrated underrated underrated excuse me what are some films that are <laughs> underrated excuse me <laughs> that's a very different question different question um that might have been easier to answer i think is well first it's it's so hard to just pick you know either one or several or so i just these are mostly either films that have I've recently re-seen or, or, you know, have been, it's a more of a flavor of the moment response rather than a reading. Sure. So I think these, so these three films I, I picked for underrated and I don't think they're so underrated. I think they're slightly underrated and not because they're underrated specifically, but because I think they're the less talked about films of the respective directors. I think mm. 2046 is, is, you know, the sister film of In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love sort of tops every chart when you ask about indie films and, oh, I, you know, which I, I love In the Mood for Love. But 2046 is just, um, is just beautiful in a different way. And it's a sister film. And I think you ask another question about uh, most beautiful cinematography. And this was, I give a black and white answer, but this to me is probably the most beautiful film uh, uh, color film that I think is shot, and I think uh, it's never discussed uh, in in or as much as it should. Um, Dead Ringers is a Cronenberg film. My wife introduced me to body horror and Cronenberg in um, lockdown, and I, I fell in love. <laughs> and I this is my favorite. It's maybe the least body horror of of Cronenberg's films, and I think it's just a amazing psychological thriller that. That um, that really stands the test of time and just amazing acting. Um, I love Altman's work. So California Split. I don't know why I don't hear about it as much. In, in yeah, I have actually never uh, heard somebody talk about. Yeah, Split, so. it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's imperfect, right? It's an imperfect film, and 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 I think it's beautiful because of its imperfection, and I think um, partially, and I think it's. Uh, it's not like Gosford Park or, um, you know, what are, what are the others that they talk about when they talk about Altman? Um, uh, it's the LA one, I forget. But and anyway, this is definitely one of the lesser talked about Altman films. And I think cool. it, it deserves Nice. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Um, what is a film that film students must watch? Um, again, you can you can throw any. This is a flavor moment. Yeah. I think just because I was watching it recently, I think Harakiri is. It's sort of a it. It's a film that's very much built on theme, and how theme plays uh, within a story. You know, I think when when writers put too much theme, it's it's just you know you you, you don't want to spoon feed audience and, and they don't want to they don't want to have it. 
if you have too much too little then you know you're not really saying anything but Harakiri what I love about it is it's, it's built around theme more than any other film I've seen it's also like film as a fable uh, uh, yeah in, in a beautiful way and it also flips the samurai narrative in a in a in a very interesting way and uh, I think it should be looked at for those reasons if I can make a plug there's a YouTube account um, okay. called um, every frame of painting. Have you ever seen this YouTube account? I'm, I've, I've heard of it. I must have seen a couple of the videos. Yeah. It's so good. And he has an episode all he about has a Harakiri. Kobe. He has a Kobayashi uh, episode yeah. and he uses Harakiri as a uh, case study. And it's so good. So if anyone's interested, right. I highly recommend that YouTube account, every frame of painting. Every frame. Um, um, all right. So next one. Um, the film that you can rewatch all the time. <laughs> so I, I love Chinatown. I think tonally um, it's just one of those films that I, I will, I would love to at some point attempt something like this. Uh, I think it's Jack Nich Nicholson at his best. I think, um, yeah, it's just the, the tone and, and, and the way the story plays out and the inter interplay of the personal and the the background of the politics and and you know what's going on in LA and the and the water and the corruption and that is is just yeah. how it, it's personal and the interplay of the personal with the larger world is is just magnificent. Cool. All right, one more. I also I think, really love uh, David Fincher, and he he references this as one of his favorites, and I, it's it's you know the. David Fincher's films are probably what you know were the last trigger for me to be like, okay, I do want to try and make films and and I, yeah. So this and that that actually reminds me. I wanted to ask you, what did you use to shoot the film? It's really beautifully shot. Thank you. So um, the film is on an Ari Alexa. It was shot by my classmate uh, Justin Hamilton. So we went to university together. Um, yeah. He he was I was you know randomly reaching out to him, asking him, hey, you know, do you know any cinematographers that might be interested? He's like, because I I always thought he was going to become a director because that was his focus, and he's like, no, you know, funnily enough, I've pivoted and now I I this is what I do, and he became a close collaborator of mine from you know from the script stage of the alleys and now on you know he's he's uh, he's uh, he lends me his eyes for for other films so yeah. Yeah, it's beautifully shot, and it goes back to the, um, the I think that like the the temperature and the tone of everything, uh, it's really meticulously done, really nice. You know what we discussed? We him and I discussed a film called Wild Tales. If you haven't seen Wild Tales, it's very much worth um, checking mm, out. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. Argentinian. We looked at it for. It has this balance of dark humor and and uh, 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 the the dark humor balance, you know. Cool. Um, and then you, you alluded to this. The question is the film that is most beautifully shot. Obviously, there's a million answers, but tell us about this. Million. This one specifically for me is interesting because of... It's uh, uh, Fellini's Eight and a Half. Fellini's Eight and a Half is because I think it... it there's, you know, there's two things. One is the different approaches in the film to the imagination world and, and the real world. Um, and the way also the mise-en-scene of the scene, which means basically how the camera interacts with the actors and the actors interact with each other. And it's it's the 
the choreography, the dance of all of that together. Mm-hmm. And I think um, no other film does that choreography as beautifully as, um, or, you know, I don't know, I'm sure some, some, yeah. uh, some others, but, you know, this is one of the ones that I really, really love as far as that. So cool. Um, okay, we have a couple of quick Q&A, and then if anyone on the call has some questions, please type them into the chat. So the first one is, um, what have you been watching these days? <laughs> what have I been watching these days? I... No judgment. Feel free to no say 90-day no, no. uh, fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say, I need to remember what I've been watching that I really enjoyed. But I, I did see, I want to... Uh, uh, Amir Fakhreddin's debut film is called The Stranger and I think it's it's one of the best Arab films I've seen come out of uh, uh, the region in, in a few years and cool something that that really um, yeah that really stuck sounds like we need to have him on movie night absolutely you should yeah yeah I mean yeah. it's it's, uh, it's the it's the if the Ali's is here this is sort of on the other end of the spectrum of, of just a magnificently cool. done art film in, in the tar- vein of Tarkovsky and maybe uh, what's his name? Ceylon, the, the Turkish director. And, and, and Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? Well, um, I did mention Fincher, but I I, I, I think Maybe Andrea Arnold. Okay, cool. I say that because she's quite different from the style of filmmaking that I'm used to making. She's she's there's a very much there's a looseness and a and a beautiful and and, and and that's done so beautifully. And I'm really curious how somebody would do that. Um, I'm you know I work very much with a shot list with a storyboard. You know, and Justin and I worked on that. Um, extensively and i don't know if she does or she doesn't but you know whatever she does there's a beautiful looseness and 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 it translates into you know i don't know something like uh, american honey is is just one of the most beautiful films of recent time and that's something i'd love to learn of how you know how do you capture that magic and it's because it's so different to my approach nice what do you think people most misunderstand about your work um, I'm not really sure. The one thing I don't know if, if you know, I don't know if there's much to say here. Um, just because I don't know that that, but I will <laughs> say that the one the one question, uh, the one thing that I think you know could be misinterpreted is people think you know the alleys is a film about violence and why violence and why are you looking at violence and I I you know that's. Absolutely not the, the 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 intention or the I think violence is secondary to a lot of the stuff that we already spoke about, and yeah. that's uh, you know if if maybe that I don't know. Okay, um, outside of film, mm. completely outside of film. Okay, what inspires your work? Real life, um, and. I know it's it's very broad and thing, but I'll, I'll tell you why I say that specifically is um, I think a lot of people who work in film, you know, these are mostly in LA, maybe not in, 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 
in Europe. Um, it's very much, you know, you, you live life there. And, and you, because I studied there, I, I got a, a taste of this. And people just talk about, oh, this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And there's an obsession with um, other filmmakers and what they're doing and other producers and what they're doing. And this guy is getting this project and it just doesn't feel like real life. And it feels like a lot of the material that's coming out is, you know, just people remaking different things because they're sitting in a small room and, and doing nothing. And so for me, again, research and diving into various worlds, whatever it is, um, will always be uh, what inspires me. So that's why I know it's broad. Yeah. But um, it's this. So I'll, I'll, I was running, I went for a run today and I, I passed by, um, I don't know, eight, 10 construction workers sitting on a bench and, you know, speaking a language that I don't understand and, I just, I wish I could just dive into that world and understand what it is they were talking about. And these, yeah, it, it just sound, it just felt like a world I wanted to explore. And, you know, that was just today. So it's, it's just that, you know, various, some, you know, it's going cool. on, going to a different world and giving audiences that experience. That's what inspires me. Let me ask you two last questions. Um, the first is, and these will be quick, but the poster design. Are you involved in the poster design as sort of writer director? <laughs> yeah, which what specifically? I mean, we do. So this is my this is my question. Okay. The poster as it's designed now reminds me so much of those um, old like Egyptian posters, mm. the sort of uh, oil oil painting posters with mm. like. Yusuf Shaheen's head coming out somewhere yes. and the Rustam's head coming out yeah. somewhere. Um, I think, uh, no, I think it, I, I am involved uh, a little bit, but uh, this specific poster is, was done by Mad Solutions, our Middle Eastern distributor. But in our conversations, we did want to have a flavor of the, you know, grand Egyptian films that, that yeah. because we, you know, we think um, it was a question of, you know, either no characters, how do you give the flavor? How do you do this? But no, for us, these characters, each of them. Um, yeah, it's you know, you like you could have gone this way, but this doesn't feel the same as that. No. So that's um, and I like the choice you made. Okay. So yeah. the second one, the one you saw in the, showed in, uh, of, of the alley is our international poster. And I, I, yeah. feel, I like that one. It's just, um, yeah. um, it's a question of, you know, this is, it's very regional specific. It's, it's, you know, it, it it works with our region because we under, you know, hopefully people have the context and the flavor of that. And cool. And the other one is the international one. And the last question is where can people see this film? Yes. So right now it is uh, still playing in Cinema Aqil in Dubai. Um, hopefully we will have some news soon that uh, um, either uh, covers Egypt and then a little later something more broad where you know hopefully everybody can can get the chance to see it. Um, cool. Yeah. Basil, thanks so much for doing this. I really enjoyed talking thank to you and enjoyed watching the film. I had, a, I had a great time. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikita.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.